Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for November 17th is Acts chapters 4 through 6. We see a growing distinction between the apostles, who were formerly called disciples, and the religious elite who are trying to hold on to their power. Back in Matthew 16, when Jesus said he was establishing his ecclesia, which is the kingdom of God and the gates of Hades or hell would not prevail against it, we are seeing that played out now. The religious elite were perplexed, they were annoyed, and they were losing ground. Even many of them were coming to the faith. And the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. There was wisdom evidenced by their speech. They were growing in boldness. Their message was spreading, and they were filled with joy, praising God day and night, regardless of their circumstances. This is what it means when Jesus said, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness in Matthew six thirty three to seek the expansion of the kingdom of heaven, to see the establishment of heaven's dominion on this earth. Peter and John are arrested for what transpired after they healed the lame man who was more than 40 years old, who was sitting at the temple gates begging. And it was a miraculous sign. A sign points toward something. Think of a street sign that points you in the right direction, or it acts as a marker of where you are. These miraculous signs were marking out the kingdom of heaven, announcing to people that heaven had arrived on earth. Peter and John were the emissaries of heaven on earth in this place. They were instituting the laws of heaven, and the gates of hell were not prevailing against it. I'm sure they were praying regularly, Father, let your will be done here as it is in heaven. In heaven there is no sickness, there are no lame people, there is no fear, there is no sin, and there is no injustice. The gates of hell were unable to prevail against the advancement of the kingdom of heaven because of the boldness of the faith and the unity that the apostles had. On the day of Pentecost that we read about yesterday, 3,000 souls were added to the number of the church. Today, we are reading in chapter 4 where it says about 5,000 was the number now, and it was becoming a popular movement. As Peter and John are standing trial before the Sanhedrin, which was the court of all of the religious elite, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they noticed that Peter and John were uneducated and untrained men. They were amazed by this, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. These were the Bible college professors and the faculty and the staff. These were the ones who had a monopoly on who was supposed to know the truth of what the scriptures said. But these men, even though they hadn't gone to those proverbial Bible colleges, they had spent time with Jesus and they were changed by it. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and now they were changing the world. This large group of educated men who had all of the religious authority on their home court had nothing to say against these untrained, uneducated men. How amazing will it be when the church in 2023 and going forward 
is filled with uneducated and untrained people like you and me who have never gone to Bible college, but who rightly divide the word of God because they spend time with Jesus and they are filled with the Holy Spirit who gives them power and boldness. The Sanhedrin tells James and John to stop teaching about this Jesus and their response is, we are unable to stop speaking about what we've seen or heard. You decide for yourself if it's better for us to obey you or to obey God. In other words, the things you are telling us to do are opposed to the things God is telling us to do. And if we have to choose, we're going to side with God regardless of what you threaten us with in this life. I would much rather be approved by God than by hypocritical religious elite. It is a hard thing because the flesh has us wired to be afraid of rejection and afraid of failure. God is raising up people today who are filled with the Holy Spirit because they pray for boldness and they pray for God to have his way. They are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let God's kingdom advance here so that there is no longer any sickness. There are no lies that are able to be perpetuated. There is no cancer. There is no brokenness. There is no fear except the fear of the Lord. One recurring theme throughout Acts is the unity in the body of believers. And I believe that there was such power being displayed and such manifestation of God having his way in the hearts of men because of that unity. It was not about creating a following. It was about doing the work of God, creating a movement of people who were focused solely on advancing the kingdom of heaven, seeing people healed, seeing the blind given sight, seeing the lame walk, seeing those who were demonized be set free. And because they had the mission of heaven on their hearts and on their minds, they were not concerned about anything else. And therefore, when they were unified and they were praying together, they prayed, grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness in chapter 4, verse 19, and stretch out your hand for healing and signs and wonders. When they had prayed, the place where they were shook, just like it did on the day of Pentecost, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. Now, they had been filled once before on the day of Pentecost, and it shows us that the filling of the Holy Spirit should be a one-time thing that changes us forever, but it should be also be a continual thing where we are completely filled over and over again so we're able to pour out what God's putting in. Verse 32 says, Those who believed were of one heart and mind. They had everything in common. The surplus of one met the need or lack of the other. There was not a needy person among them. All of their needs were met. There was such favor on the people that unbelievers began coming into their midst. And we know from our church experiences today, when you have unbelievers in the midst, even though they say the right things and they, on the outside, do the right things, it robs the church of its purity. Purity is being clean. It's having no foreign substance mixed in. 
when you bring in unbelievers to your churches, the churches become weakened because there's a dilution of the potency and the power that is in the believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit. And our churches today are filled with unbelievers because we have lowered the bar. We have made them the focus instead of God. We have tried to make the church accessible for all, and in doing so, we have emptied it of its power. Paul wrote in the last days there would be those who had a form of godliness but denied its power. We have denied the power of God in our Christian movements today by trying to make it accessible to all, by trying to fit in with the world, by trying to become like the world so that the world would like us. When we read chapter 5 about Ananias and Sapphira who lied to the Holy Spirit, who sold their land because they saw other people doing it and they wanted accolades from men instead of accolades from God, they sold their land and they gave a portion of the proceeds to the church, but they lied and said it was all of the proceeds. They didn't have to sell their land and give anything to the church. God does not need anybody's money, but they were coming in and trying to draw attention to themselves. And whenever you're drawing attention to yourself, you're drawing it away from somewhere else. Everybody's focus should have remained on God and what God was doing. And these people came in and tried to rob God of his glory by doing something that would gain them respect. They lied to the Holy Spirit. They lied to Peter. They lied to the people around them. They had a false morality where they were saying, look at how holy we are because we gave and because they were fake because they were seeking their own glory rather than the glory of God, because they were acting out of their own best interest instead of the best interest of the people around them, God struck them both dead, and great fear fell upon the people. And it says in chapter 5, verse 13, that as a result of that fear that fell upon the people, no one else dared join them. People no longer chose to become a part of this movement. And yet the very next verse says, believers were added to the Lord in increasing numbers. So it wasn't a decision of men. It was God moving in power and drawing people in. I believe that's what God is doing in this day and time. And it's not happening necessarily in a building, although some of our church buildings are fabulous places and God is moving there for sure. God has created people in such a way that we are tremendously affected by the people we spend the most time around. And so it's fundamentally important that we surround ourselves with people who are on fire believers for God, who are chasing after God, who desire more, who want the Holy Spirit, who want to see God move, who are crying out for revival, that God would make us alive again. As the church continued to receive new converts that were added to their number by God himself, religious people were filled with more and more jealousy. Jealousy is a fruit of religion or even a religious spirit that stems from an insecurity due to an inability to do the things that you were expected to do or the things that you desire to do. 
these religious elite were supposed to be helping people. They were supposed to be the ones setting people free, displaying the glory of God, but they were incapable of doing it because they were locked away by their false teachings and their false beliefs. And so when they saw somebody else come along moving in actual power, doing the things that these scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees were supposed to do, and they were being effective in the role that the scribes, Pharisees, and Sadducees were supposed to be doing, they became filled with rage and jealousy. God moved in power and set these men free after they'd been arrested, and the chief priests are baffled by the way God is moving. In verse 24, that word baffled is also translated greatly perplexed. They were at a loss. And yet the disciples had the Holy Spirit. They never had to prepare for a meeting because the Holy Spirit was moving in them with power and authority. And the world was being turned upside down. Just as we saw in Acts 2, verses 42 through 47, we're seeing it in Acts 5, 42. Every day in the temple and in various homes, they continued teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. The people met together daily. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, and to prayer. Many Christians today want to see God move in power. They would love to see this kind of a revival break out. But are you willing to meet every single day, house to house? Are you willing to get outside of your comfort zone in order for this to happen? Let us be a people who are devoted to the things of God and willing to forsake everything so that his kingdom can come in power. May God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. We'll see you tomorrow. And for those of you who are interested, I am a senior real estate specialist and a strategic listing specialist with Call It Closed International Realty. We have a team of agents currently in 16 states. And we are growing. So if you are interested in selling or buying a home or other real property, I would love to be able to assist you. If you are a real estate professional, I would love to be able to help you take your business to the next level as you partner with us at Call It Close. God bless you. Thank you so much for your consideration.